You're listening to the Della Darling Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Dara. We're taking Dara's love of telling people's stories, Emily's love of attending events, our mutual love of the first date, and highlighting the best people to meet, places to go, and things to do that Delaware has to offer. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Della Darling podcast. We're so excited to have you guys listening in today. We have great content, a lot of good conversation coming your way, some good events coming up, and we have a special guest. And we also have a new mic in case we sound super crisp, uh, which was our shout out to our fan listener. We got our first fan gift. Yes, and I think that we are going to have a lot more fans when we introduce our newest guests, um, our dear friend Ken. Hello. <laughs> Ken is, uh, well, we, we love doing the podcast with you and talking to you about what we're up to, but uh, Ken is very, he lives in Delaware, and he's having a great time, and we just wanted to tell you a little bit about the Della Dude experience. Yeah, we talk a lot about, obviously, our experiences, and they definitely skew female, um, and so it's nice to have a different perspective, and we think Ken is going to be great at offering that male perspective. He also brought beer. Yes, and actually, as as we're talking, Beer Talk Delaware started following us on Instagram, and I think that's very fitting, because we are going to talk about beer tonight. Yeah, so I'm not, um, I'm not partaking in any beer right now. Um, as the gluten-free co-host. Sorry, not sorry. But they're going to enjoy the beer, and they're going to tell you about the beer. And also, Ken, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right, well, uh, I'm from Newark, born and raised. Uh, still live there. Spent some time out of state going to college. Uh, my parents moved down over the line to Maryland, but I'm still here. Can't ever leave. I love it. Um, as do we all. We... I sometimes I think that we haven't been friends for that long, but then I realize that we actually have. I think that we're hitting our our ten year anniversary this summer. I think that might be right. Yeah, because yeah, we we became friends like toward the end of high school, and I'm always like, oh, we haven't. That's that's so recent, but it is. It's not so recent anymore. I was um, wondering why you guys picked me for the you know male perspective, but I think if I remember correctly, I did win manliest man at our. Post high school. Oh my gosh, senior week. Yes. Ah, oh, crazy. I forgot about that. Crazy. We're thinking about we we like to we like to have fun in Delaware, but then we also like to come up with strange ways to have fun. And we were talking about having another key lime pie off recently. So who knows what sorts of competitions we'll throw together this summer. It's gonna be great though. Um so Ken and I became friends um because we like we met uh, at like a summer college, summer at summer college, college. Yeah. and then. Um, but we're also friends in like a very Delaware way. In that, I met Ken, and he was friends with another person that I had fallen out of touch with, but like in preschool had been one of my best friends, and uh, that is that's how we reconnected and became. Well, I guess we connected in the first place to become friends and celebrate our 10-year anniversary as it is now. Exactly. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. We should tell you a little bit about what we've been up to, as we usually do, and Ken, feel free to chime in. I just saw you yesterday, actually, for lunch at 
Poke Bros. It's the place to be. I actually went again today. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Two days in a row. I, I haven't hope, been yet. I hope you got your card punched. Um, I really liked it. I, it's like a, it's like sushi in a bowl, right? That's the best way to describe it. It's, I would say it's a better bargain, too, because you're running, what, $10, $11, whereas yeah. a roll of sushi is like 8 Yeah. I've gotten both of my lunches for like 9 $10. It's great and very filling. And I think we were with Jackie yesterday, and she was talking about like having some left over. Yeah, she uh, normally makes two to three meals out of it, actually. Oh, that's so impressive. I love a thrifty woman. Yeah, so Poke Bros over in Newark Shopping, Shopping Center. Center, which you have frequented as there's an Orange Theory there. I do frequent so. there. Orange Theory's there, and y'all, I tend to go work out in Newark on Saturday mornings for three reasons. One, the Orange Theory on 202 has too many members, and it is difficult to get into a class if you haven't scheduled it in a week in advance. Reason number two, Chris, who used to coach at Orange Theory on 202, is now the head coach in Newark, and he coaches on Saturdays, and I miss him. He went to high school with us. He's great, so I like going to his class. And the third reason, which is really, really the main reason, is that I can get a smoothie bowl in Newark, which is not something that right now you can get in the Wilmington area. I know you have a little a little bit of a problem. It is it is a real problem. I made one at home this week. That's really good. I think that's that's good balance. And I'm trying. I know I don't think this podcast is going to be up in time, but Thursday, June twenty first, tomorrow, that is Smoothie Day, National Smoothie Day, and I just wanted you to know about this important news so you can celebrate. I will make sure to make a smoothie tomorrow with my acai packs. That's good. And your favorite smoothie bowl place, you found their truck, right? Yes, my favorite smoothie bowl place. So it's actually, they have a single location, Viva Bowls. They're um, sort of in that shopping center behind Grain. So they have free parking, which is great. You can go in. They have a frequent buyer program. So you go. I give, honestly, they're on Square. So when I swipe my credit card, I immediately get my frequent buyer point which is really awesome. I don't have to carry a card or anything like that. And it's delicious. So Viva Bulls, though, they also announced a couple weeks ago that on their Instagram that they have a truck now. And they are actually at the Rodney Square Farmer's Market. But since that has happened, I have had meetings, lunch meetings every Wednesday. Or today was the start of the Jazz Festival. So Rodney Square was not having the Farmer's Market today. But you can bet I will be there next week to get my Viva Bowl fix. Well, I have been picking up the slack when it comes to lunch because not only did I go to Poke Bros like twice since our last recording, I also checked out, um, I'm going to say it wrong because I don't know how to say it right, Pachamama, which is this new Peruvian um, rotisserie chicken place on Main Street in Newark. Um, really good. All of the shirts of like the, the servers say um, Pisco's and Pollo which would be Pisco Sours and chicken. And so I went with our friend Gretchen. Um, I got half a chicken and we split it and like a fava bean salad, which was almost like a salsa in a way. Um, Chicken came with three different sauces, all very good, ranging from like kind of like, there was a mint one. There was one that I thought tasted like mustard. And then was there a spicy one? And there was like a spicy one. Yeah. Really good. Chicken was really tender. I made a mess because I was, like, eating it with my hands and 
I, that's not pretty when I do that. But it was really good. And we got Pisco Sours, which is, like, the drink. Um, it's made with, so, I think it's, like, some sort of alcohol that's, like, a cousin of tequila. And then there's, like, frothy egg whites on top. It's kind of Interesting. kind of... This sounds it's like refreshing. something I should not drink. But others should definitely try it. Was, it. I enjoyed it. I think I, I feel like I got the full experience by doing the Pisco and the chicken. There were other drinks on the menu. And they also, which I thought that was interesting, they had like a selection of mocktails. So like signature That's like, so Peruvian, nice. Peruvian-inspired drinks that you could get if you want to have like a little fun but didn't want to have any alcohol. So that was great. That's awesome. There is also a woman that I know who is in love with the place so much, she's, like, gone there, like, three days in a row to get the veggie burger. Is this someone from your office? Yes. Yeah. Your office goes out to lunch a lot, and you're right. You have been relaying their excitement about it's, this place. It's really good. Good to know. I, I definitely have it on my list, and hopefully some of our listeners will will take a, take a visit. Since we've been talking so much about food, we should probably talk about exercising again. And I know that you just did another run, and... Ken has done some intense running activities. Yeah, so Ken, you did a Tough mutter. I did. Recently, right? Yes. Okay, tell us about that. I'm not going to be doing one of those. This is actually my uh, second year. Uh, it's just over the line. I like to go on Groupon a lot, look up kind of local events in Delaware. That's really where I get most of my entertainment. So here's, you're hearing it from Ken first. Groupon is a great source for things to do in Delaware. It honestly is, because growing up it was either go to the mall movies are bowling now you know you can really kind of branch out and find some new stuff to do but although i haven't been bowling in a while well, they got, we don't need to go no i got rid of that, <laughs> that bowling alley, so we don't need to go it's over now okay. but uh yeah the tough mutter i can say uh day and night difference from last year it was a lot muddier uh there was a huge storm right beforehand and it it was intense i, I don't know you know, what it compares to among other races in the same type of nature, but it was rough. What did you wear? So that was the really difficult question before I went. I went with a friend. His name is Blaze. Uh, legal, legal name. Um, we decided- so, so let's all just stop and picture what would someone with the legal name of Blaze look like? He's going with you to the Tough Mudder. All right. Continue. I'm not even going to describe them. Uh, just let your imagination run <laughs> wild with that. But uh, we kind of talked about it for a while, and we ended up both wearing tank tops, even though it was supposed to be relatively cold, still raining, muddy do you, out. Do you have to be worried about, like, the shirt ripping? Or, like, like do you, are you climbing over stuff? Are you climbing, yeah, you're actually climbing my, through stuff? Yeah, actually, my legs, my arms, everything... Got pretty torn up toward the end of it. It kind of looked like I just took sandpaper down the side of my body. It was it was pretty rough. Did um, you? How did you feel when you were done? Still pretty terrible. It was not redeeming in any way at the end this year. Last year, I felt really good. I thought I was a lot more fit than I normally would be. This year, I just... The, they replaced the beer choices with Guinness Blonde. Not, Wait, so when did you drink? When? Did you, you drank before the race? Before and after. Well, but not during. No, no, okay. no, no, no. I didn't okay. want to bring anything and, like, get... Wait, you could drink in the middle of the Tough Mudder? If you brought it with you. How are you going to carry it? Well, that's what a lot of people... I saw a couple of people with, like, beer belts. You know, they had the six-pack holder yeah. on the waist and other things like that. But, honestly, I thought that's a, a bacteria haven. 
like waiting to happen? I mean, I feel like that's kind of an indicator that you have a problem, that you can't even make it through a one-hour race without drinking. That wasn't one hour, though. How long does it go? It took us about four and a half, five. Oh, okay. Okay, so but, but miles, you should be so. able to go four hours or five hours without well, drinking. Well, it's the event. You're, you like, should, you're it, just selling... It's the event. Like, at that point, it's like not... Like, it's I, not but I think, I think like, the pre-gaming and the post-gaming, that's probably enough. For me, it was enjoyable. I was trying not to judge anybody else. Like I said, I was more worried about, you know, picking up something, ended up with more than just <laughs> Don't worry. Item. I will judge everyone else. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm probably – part of me is asking all these ridiculous questions because I have, like, no bar for what a Tough mutter looks like. I'm picturing, like, basically what is in any single movie involving a training montage – and the army. I would say it's very close without the actual height. And with beer. <laughs> with beer, yeah. Well, okay. so so I actually did the Delaware Mud Run. So it's not 10 miles. It's just a 5K with all the obstacles and a lot of mud. Um, and what I would compare it to, have you seen that movie Cadet Kelly from the Disney Channel? Oh, circa circa 2002. Uh, Christy Carlson Romano. Christy Carlson Romano and Hilary Duff. And they go to a military academy high school, and they live there, and it's, it's very dramatic, and, you know, there are a lot of misunderstandings, and it, it all turns out okay in the end. But I would compare it to that. There's a lot of mud. There's a lot of... Okay. There was no rain for the one I did, but it, it, there could have been. It felt like it. And you have to climb walls, and you have to jump up things and down things, and um, I only fell once. We had to use a rope to climb up a mud slope. Multiple times we had to do that. It was terrible. Did you get a before-after picture? We did not get a before picture, but we did get an after picture. And we'll make sure to post that on our Instagram. Um, and we did we did story it, actually. So, you guys, some of you already got a sneak peek. I do want to say next year, the one thing I'm looking into, they have a thing called Rough Mudder up next to the Tough Mudder, where you actually bring your dog, and it's a little mini dog course. And that just sounds incredible. Unfortunately, I was out on the course too long to actually get to see it. Oh my gosh. But I'm so Della glad dogs competing. I'm so glad that Ken is here tonight because he can talk to you about two of your passions that we don't get to talk to enough, which is having a dog and drinking beer. It's true. I I actually really love to drink beer. Um, people don't know this because I really love to drink wine also, and that tends to come out first, but if there is a sporting event that I am interested in, so an Orioles game, I love to drink anything from Flying Dog. Um, Natty Bow used to be my beer of choice for Orioles games, but then Camden Yards doesn't sell Natty Bow. It's a whole thing, you guys. I have written actually several emails and complaint about it. Um, but I love to drink beer. So I have been known to go by myself to bars to watch Bucknell basketball games because there aren't that many people in the area who want to watch Bucknell basketball games. And I, I eat wings and I drink beer and I sometimes I drink a lot of beer and need to take an Uber home. <laughs> so what are you drinking tonight? You can describe what I'm missing. So Ken made some great selections. I am sipping on the Cherry Blossom Lager from Old Dominion Brewing, which is in Dover. And we so we have on our summer bucket list to visit a Delaware winery um, because the brewery thing is just not not great for Dara and it's we don't want to do too many activities that that 
exclude her. I'm sorry that we talk about my food allergies all the time. I really like we've I think we've brought we've them up every episode. And I just like I imagine that there's some strange stranger out there who's just like listening to this podcast because they discovered it on Reddit and they just love Delaware and instead they like get to tune in every week to like hear me talk about what I can and cannot eat. And I'm sorry, I'm really I'm not that person. It just happens to come up a lot when we're like explaining what we do and don't do. I do everything. Dara doesn't do anything with gluten. For a medical reason. Right. That pretty much sums it up, I think. So we don't drink beer together, but I drink beer. And so I'm glad that Ken brought me some beer to drink. So Ken, tell us about the other selections. I'm currently sipping on the Blue Earl. Uh, what is it called? Honeysuckle Rose. It's pretty good. That, that one's down in Smyrna. Uh, little warehouse thing. If you ever get a chance to go, they have a lot of guitars on the wall. Very rock and roll theme. Good music. I said a great paint night. Now, I think Blue Earl is on the Delaware Brew Bus tour, right? I believe so. So we'll make sure to link that for you guys. But the way the Delaware Brew Bus works... Um, and I've never been on it. It's one of those things I've always wanted to do, but I have a number of friends who don't drink beer for medical reasons. Um, so you, they basically you all meet somewhere and you park and they take you to Painted Stave, Blue Earl, and at least one other brewery, but maybe two. Cause I think they do go all through the Smyrna and down in the Dover area. Does it finish with 16 mile? I think they maybe go to 16 mile. So, um, but it's really great because you sort of have a DD for the day and you get a chance to travel with all of your friends and you you can book private parties too. And uh, I don't think it's on the list because it's too major at this point, but Dogfish Head Brewery, if you haven't had the opportunity, I believe that's down in Milton. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then of course they have the restaurant and tasting room on um, Rehoboth Rehoboth Ave, which I have been there a few times for dinner and drinks and it's pretty good. They definitely kind of turned my mind around about them. Originally, I wasn't really getting too far into them as I was exploring the craft beer industry, I guess you could say. Uh, I went down to the brewery. They have a free tour. Uh, I think it used to be free. It might be like five bucks now, but it is definitely worth it and completely changed my mind on the whole brewery. So when did you knock off like a lot of the breweries on your list? Like, Did you go all at once or have you been like sampling on like random weekends? Uh, I would say, I think it was a year ago for Father's Day, my dad, for his gift, we kind of took him down. He ended up driving anyway. We told him not to, but he was the one who drove. And we hit five or six breweries in Delaware. And I would say pretty much from there, we've kind of made it one of our hobbies to go to new places around the area. We got most of Delaware knocked out, kind of worked our way into PA as far out as Trogues. And, you know, it's, it's really exciting to kind of, see what everybody has to offer because there's no two breweries I would say that are like everybody offers something a little bit different and if you have a certain style most places will find a way to accommodate that and you've been um to like two of the new you've been to Stitch House and Midnight Oil recently right right I'm actually a member at Midnight Oil right now a mem- I didn't know what is being a member of a brewery now I know what being a member of a winery is and it means <laughs> you get a lot of wine throughout the year so what is it to be a member of a brewery so for a annual fee I believe it's $75 or maybe a little bit less than that you actually get a 32 ounce growler included once per month for the entire year well that's they sold me right there. Exactly. I think that that just sells itself. It really does. I mean, every time I kind of walk in, they're, they know me by face now. I don't know if that's good or bad for me, but they're, they're very friendly on it. They seem to really like pick up on who comes in 
twice, three times total. You know, you don't have to be a regular to get that kind of treatment. Um, they also host quarterly events. I'd say they've had one so far. They actually have one coming up this weekend where it's going to feature food trucks that do smoked foods. Yes, I saw that. It's on the 23rd uh, over at Midnight Oil in Newark. There, you know what? To be honest, there are too many events this weekend. Yeah. There are too many. We, It's crazy. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. It's, it's really hard to, yeah, hard to decide what to do. And uh, it's all summer, actually. It's not even just this weekend from what I'm looking at. They have events. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's so great for them to do an event every weekend to bring people in. You know, it's one of the reasons that Chad's Ford Winery has really done so well. And um, Penn's Woods, they both do a really good job of hosting events and sort of specialty things so that it really draws people in. It has been a minute since I've been to a local winery. Well, other than Wayvine, which is in Pennsylvania that we went to a couple weeks ago. Right. I think we talked about that. I went to Penn's Woods at Christmas time. I think that's the last time I've been somewhere somewhere local. Um but it is a, there is a lot going on, and we are in the middle of festival season. There's a lot going on, and it's and it's festival season. So I'll just give you sort of a little roundup with, with festival season and what's going on. So the Greek festival has wrapped up. The Italian festival has wrapped up. I was at both. You were with me for the Italian festival. Just to continue the, the theme of, of drinking, I have one comment. Italian festival had the Bellinis for the first time. It was the best Bellini of my life. I'm just going to say it. They're unbelievable. And, you know, people sort of don't believe you. And then I explain, no, when you go to the Italian festival, you go up the stairs, you go down the stairs, you go around the back to the Bellini bar, and that's what you need to drink. It was great. And then, two, when you were at the Greek festival, did you drink the ouzo? I did not drink the ouzo. That's okay. I do. I don't. I think, look, the Greeks have offered us so much great stuff, like, Kebabs, stuffed grape leaves, well, feta cheese. And, and, you know, I think I'm a pretty adventurous eater, but I'm not an adventurous drinker. I've, I've, I've like, tried ouzo, like, three times. I don't know why I keep trying it. I think because it's, like, I'm waiting for well, something to when happen. I, when I was a child, my parents had a rule. Every time we had a specific food, you had to try it. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't like it last week, you still had to try it this week. So maybe you have just been instilled with this same attitude that, like, one day you will try it and you will not hate it. I Well, okay. I think that everyone should try Uzo so, like, they understand what it is because it's just, like, such a bizarre drink. It, like, it's sort of, like, smoke. It's clear, but it's, like, smoky in color. And then it, like, tastes like licorice, but there's, like, a thickness to it on your tongue. And... Yeah, I'm really sorry. You're, you're not making it sound appetizing. So I think you should try it just to like understand what I'm going through. And then also, it makes me now think of I recently watched Barefoot in the Park with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda. I think it's on Netflix. It was when I watched it. Great movie. And there's like a scene all about Uzo and like how they think that like someone's name is Uzo, but then they like all have to drink Uzo. And it was delightful. It was delightful. But the moral of the story is still don't like Uzo. Well, I did not try it, so I don't, I don't have strong feelings either way. But I did try some new things at the Italian festival. So, well, really just one new thing. I had never had the Panzerati, which for those who have never had it, it's essentially a hot pocket that has been deep fried or deep fried pizza, sort of the other option. And I have to tell you, there is not a lot in life that can meet every desire you could ever have. 
So the only thing that sucks about going to the Italian festival is that then it ends and you feel this, this hole in your heart because you've had a week of the Greek festival, you've had a week of the Italian festival, and now what will you do? I needed the break. I know. Some people need the break. <laughs> to be honest, I took some time off this week from events and I really, really needed it. But there are so many festivals. I don't know if people realize, but Wilmington is actually known for having the most festivals per capita, so per person, of any small city. I don't know if this is true. I don't have any reference point for you, but I'm pretty sure. I I heard it somewhere. Okay. But I cannot give you I cannot give you a reference. I heard it years ago. I'll try to find something. But I think anecdotally, I would agree that we have festivals for everything. So just this weekend, we have the, as I mentioned earlier, we have the Clifford Brown Jazz Festival, which takes place in Rodney Square. It's free to attend. They have food trucks. They have drinks. They have jazz. It's actually the largest jazz festival on the East Coast, which most people don't realize. But people from all over the East Coast actually come in from out of town um, just to come to this festival, which is awesome. So that's going on this weekend. We've also got the Ice Cream Festival happening in Rockwood Park, and they have a free shuttle, so you can go and park at Mount Pleasant High School, and they have a couple other locations. And that's awesome because you go, you pay $5, and they have a ton of ice cream. I think they've been advertising 30-something flavors from various ice creameries. Basically, every festival that's happening now that I'm like, oh, I've never been to that. I should go to that with Emily. I then talked to my mother about it, and she's like, no, you absolutely went there. You were in a stroller. Your grandmother was there, too. Okay, if you were in a stroller. Well, no. You don't have to remember it. It's okay. I, so, this, turns out this wasn't my first time at the Italian festival. Turns out that I've, like, been to the flower market before and just don't remember it. But one festival I know you've been to and should remember because I'm pretty sure we went together in high school is the Chinese festival. I don't remember that. Maybe you didn't go. I don't think I've ever, like, I actually don't think I've ever been to the Chinese festival. Okay, well, I have been to the Chinese festival, and you guys, it is lit. So they have so much food. It's so delicious. And if you've seen The Incredibles 2, you know that the intro video is about this little pork bun baby. And I'm sure most people thought it was touching, but I mostly just came out of it wanting to eat pork buns. I was hungry and I cried. Yeah, I just wanted pork buns. So now I'm going to get pork buns at the Chinese festival. That sounds like a great plan. It's going to be great. And then they also do um, the Dancing with the Dragon, and they have all kinds of different performances and little classes you can take. So last year I actually took a spring roll making class, and I learned all of the secrets to get your spring rolls to be correctly sealed. What's the secret? How many secrets are there? The secret is that you just use water to do it. It's not, I guess it's not that big of a secret. But she taught me the right, it's it's all about getting the right amount. And and it's like in a burrito, you know how when you roll it, you have to sort of have the Mm -hmm. right, the right shape of filling and the right amount of filling. And so that's the real secret to the spring rolls is getting the right. I do too. I like a lot of stuff. In college, I worked in the dining hall and I dread, I usually work the sandwich station I dreaded it whenever anyone asked me to make a wrap sandwich because I, I would always break the wrap. I always forget that you worked in the dining hall. I There's some things that I can never forget. Everybody's had those jobs that everyone else forgets they had. I'm just going to give you a pro tip. Ketchup. Very difficult to clean up because it's like not a liquid, not a solid. It's just really hard. It's a Newtonian fluid, you guys, for all you nerds out there. All right. So... Um, You know, we often focus a little too heavily on the Wilmington scene. And so 
We're going to throw a festival in there that's actually happening down in Lewis this weekend. It's the Sea Glass Festival. So that should be really fun for everybody who's down at the beaches. If you're looking to maybe get a day away from the sun, um, out of your bathing suit, maybe maybe you don't want to be drinking beers down in the sand all day, you can run over to the Sea Glass Festival. They're going to have a ton of artists. There will be food. That's going to be a really great event. Then, oh my gosh, you guys, so many festivals. Coming up in July is the Pirate Festival. So people don't realize Delaware has a Pirate Festival. The Kalmar Nickel plays host to this family-friendly day of fun. Then we've also got the Ladybug Festival, which is an all-female music festival that happens on Market Street. So they actually have several stages set up with various restaurants out in the streets. And it's all female performers who apply. And most of them are, are fairly like local within their own communities. I'm really excited about that. And then... I'm sort of doubly excited now that um, there's Firefly got called out for not having enough female performers. Yes, Ryan Cormier, one of our favorite reporters at the News Journal. And then Halsey tweeted about it too. Yes. So Ryan Cormier pointed out that in Firefly has had 28 headliners. So one for every day over however many years they've had it, right? I think it was 28. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that sounds like it. And they've had one female headliner. Now, they've had some where there's a female in the band, Mm -hmm. but um, to have a... reaching. It it does, because, well, then they've had, you know, 27 where there was a male on stage or in the band. Yeah. So, I'm excited for the Ladybug Festival, and... I think you should just support it. Yeah, I think it's a great local event. I think it, you know, it helps to support these young women who are working hard on their dreams. And the Me Too movement is strong in Wilmington right now. I also kind of love that, like, with the Jazz Festival and the Ladybug Festival, I think that you and I, sometimes our specialties are not exactly the music scene. Well, I know that you have connections to the choirs. You're always going to choir school events. But just in terms of, like, going to local concerts, I know that I don't really right no, no no agreed um so i think that this is like a, a great chance for the summer to like do something that get out and hear some music usually, like, get yeah for us more. it's it's a little outside of our norm mm-hmm. for sure um but one thing one thing that's great about having ken here is that last week we discussed or not last week the last episode we discussed how we admitted we weren't going to firefly we weren't we weren't cool enough we're we not you guys it's true our parents won't let us go our parents will not let us go <laughs> But the great news is that Ken has been to Firefly, so I just Ken, want to point Ken's out... Ken's parents are cooler than ours. This is this is another reason why we're broadening the reach of this podcast, having Ken on here. He can speak to this major Delaware event that also, did you see, there was a New York Times photo slideshow of fashion at Firefly. I, I did see that today. Um, Delaware Online, I think, tweeted out about it and posted on their Instagram that the story was happening, so... We'll be sure to link. There was some really great photos. Link the Firefly fashion as well. And I have to tell you, I'm not fashionable enough to go to Firefly. I would definitely have to do some shopping. Similar to the shopping that you have to do before a mud run. Right? Um, I actually just wore the oldest clothes I had and then threw them out. But I feel like that might be what I would do at Firefly. But, like, with sparkles. Yes. Um. Yes. I don't really actually, like, some people really go all out. I didn't see a lot of people actually really dressing up. The years I went, I went to the Dust Bowl. Anybody who's been there, you know which years I'm talking about. There was a Dust Bowl, the Mud Bowl, the Rain Out Bowl, whatever you want to call it. Are these it. official bowls? 
I'm, there was one year, if you didn't wear a bandana, you were choking on the dust fumes getting kicked up. Oh, my God. Oh, and these aren't, like, themed No, areas. not like... Not oh, like. it was not... In no way was it intentional, but they were... Every year had a different climate, I guess you could say, so you never knew what to prepare for. That wow. is the tough thing about Delaware at any time of the year. You, you don't really know what the weather will be like. And it really, really kind of prohibited what wardrobe you were going to bring with you, especially, you know, people are already camping, showers are scarce. They did get better throughout the years, but at the beginning... You know, you could go four or five days and the mud caked on your legs was actually keeping the inside cleaner than what ended up on the outside toward the end of the festival. I am both, like, disturbed by this, but also I'm like, oh, my God, like, I need to experience that. Just because, I don't know, I have this weird... For the record, I do not need to experience that. It just, like, sounds so crazy that part of me wants to be there. But again, like... You have the FOMO. You have I have FOMO. FOMO. I have FOMO. So I was reading, I want to talk to you about this, Ken. Um, I was reading in Delaware Today, they did the cool parents guide to sending your kids to Firefly. Um, and w- well, we were appalled because we just immediately, our reaction was, this is not a place for underage people. I, was, I wasn't so much appalled as I was just like, oh, teenagers go to Firefly. I mean, maybe it's just my perspective, but I was barely allowed to walk around the corner by myself until I graduated high school. So 14-year-olds going to Firefly with or without parental supervision is shocking to me. Now, my parents maybe would have let me go if I was supervised, but I don't think anyone could imagine Kim or Rob at Firefly. (laughs) Rob especially. Yeah, so this article interviewed uh, three or four cool moms of Delaware about, like, you know, how they just, their kids wanted to go to Firefly, how they made the decision, how they made it safe. And like, what I think one thing that did sound kind of cool where it was like a mom and a daughter, like they went together. And if you have that kind of relationship with your mom and daughter, that sounds awesome. But you both have to be interested in Firefly. I cannot, you and Kim would not enjoy Firefly. I would much rather suggest that you have a nice weekend watching Hallmark movies together. You know, Kim and I did recently go to a concert together. I won tickets from the Arts in Philly to see Harry Connick Jr. at The Man. I think that that's definitely more your And I have to tell you, it was a very appropriate concert for my mother and I to attend together. But I think it was probably still exhilarating, right, from what you told me about it? You guys, I can't even recap the whole thing. It was so amazing. But in his, in his grand finale encore, he pulled, he has his, his stage hands, they pull this platform onto the stage, and it has two different drums, uh, like foot drums set up. And then he has two different keyboards set up. And he proceeds, he starts playing one drum with one foot, doing one beat. And then he shows you, like, here's what the other drum and the other beat is going to be. Then he plays a little melody on one piano. And then he tells you this is the melody for the other piano. And then he proceeds to play both drums and both pianos all at the same time, all doing different things. And, like, I cannot rub my belly and pat my head at the same time. So this was just incredible to me that he could do this and that was really the highlight of the evening but I think Harry Connick Jr. at the man is a more appropriate concert venue and outing for like I said me and my mother Um, (laughs) not Firefly not Firefly uh yeah so I guess that they're they're teenagers going Firefly and um cool moms are sending them but I'm I'm not a cool daughter or a cool mom, so I wasn't allowed to go. I mean, I'm I'm 27 years old. I started going after I was 21, and if I had told my parents what was going on down there, they probably still wouldn't have let me go. 
and you know I was a legal adult. I'm going to preface this by saying I had no personal problems. I had no items stolen. I had no actual health issues, medical issues, anything like that. But the atmosphere there is not one that people under 18 should experience, in my opinion. It's conducive to issues. I think there are certain scenarios. If you pre-plan, you'll be all right. If you stick to the VIP areas, they're air-conditioned first off because a lot of people don't, you know, they underestimate how hydrated they are. And you see a lot of people actually have issues with that. Um, You're kind of away from the people at that point. It does cost more, but at some point you need to look at, you know, when the price actually is worth the value. I love how we're talking about like ways to survive fire. Like that, like you need to have some sort of plan to like, you want to go. It's like this, but it's this awesome party and you want to be there, but you also like need to think about like how you're going to physically make it through so that you can have the best time possible. I mean, that's really what it is. We talked earlier about mud runs, but firefly is a challenge. Like if you go the entire time you go, I think it's Wednesday to Sunday at this point, it's, it's not an easy journey. Well, it's, it's just an optimization it's effort. It's an optimization effort. There are things you can do with no planning, but most things are better if you put in enough planning to optimize the experience. I think Firefly falls in that category. Another thing that I did see in the news about Firefly, which I thought was really great, was um, that the trash from Firefly will, um, it'll go, it becomes... Uh, The trash from Firefly is collected and helps the homeless in Kent and Sussex County um, through the the Code Purple program. Um, so, and that an emergency sanctuary has served like five hundred um, homeless people in the area. Is it trash that's collected, or is it things that are left behind? Things that are left behind. So, okay. I, I mean, think of all the things that would be left behind at Firefly that would actually be oh, really helpful. People just tents, leave tents, all kinds of bags, yeah. lanterns, camping chairs. And then, and then some people can actually, like, if you attach a purple zip tie to it or, or something like that, again, I have not been to Firefly, but, um, you know, you can just decide that you want to donate it at the end of the weekend. Oh, so they look for that designation? Yeah. So, like, as you're heading out, you just drop off the stuff. My college did that at the end of the year. They had a designated zone in every dorm where you could drop off things like your $10 Walmart floor lamp or you know, a, a $10 bookshelf, all that kind of stuff. And it was donated to a similar organization in the area, which I think was awesome. I think that now is a great time to point out that Ken didn't go to Firefly this year, but his sleeping bag did. So will it come back to you? As of now, that sleeping bag is MIA. Uh, the person I lent it to has not informed me of its whereabouts, whether or not it's safe, if he wants some kind of ransom, I'm not sure. But as of now, if you see a green sleeping bag, it is mine. Please let me know. What kind? Like, was it like L.L. Bean? Coleman? You don't know? No. Okay. Well, it was a great sleeping bag, and we hope that you get it back. So, listeners, keep an eye out. Even though we weren't allowed to go to Firefly, my mother did allow me to go to this event called Weeding Out the Stoned. And I explained to her it was happening in a church basement, so she was totally on board. You've seen a number of things in church basements. Like I've gone to a lot of events that are in church basements, it's true. Like throughout all the time that I've known you, I think one of the first things I remember you like doing was going to see a Christian band at a church basement. But I didn't know it was a Christian band. You didn't know? No, I, I didn't thought, know. I, 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 
didn't know. I thought you were a fangirl. No, this was a, a couple who, they're University of Delaware graduates, Jenny and Tyler, and they were playing on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. And I thought they were like, oh, they're cute. The music is catchy. I bought their CD for $5. I really liked it. And then I found out they're playing a show in Wilmington. So I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And I was in high school at the time. And so my friend Josh went with me. And it turned out the concert was at Wilmington Christian School in Hokessin. And um, we we still, that did not tip us off to the fact that it was going to be Wait, a so Christian band. you their band. album and you didn't know they were a Christian band. Well, they weren't like singing I Love Jesus. But like, but see, I get that they too. Were, they were singing appropriate for Christians love songs. Like, it was a couple. Okay, so, you, oh, you thought they were love songs to each other. I just thought they were like a clean cut people. They were love songs to each other. Okay. okay. They were. They oh. were. I just didn't know that they had such a Christian tendency. Because I do get it because sometimes, like, I do... Not like, all Christian up, rock is like praise Jesus Christ. Sometimes I end up, like, going through the radio and I'm like, wow, this is such a catchy tune. Can't believe I've never heard it before. This beat is so uplifting and Christian inspiring. rock station. And then I realize... Yeah. But I also, like, there are also, like, some clue, like, context clues where, like, we start talking about him a lot. See, that didn't happen. Okay. That didn't happen. Okay. So, so uh, it's a, they have Christian values, but I wouldn't say that they're overwhelmingly a Christian group. But they were opening for a group called Third Eye. That probably should have... Well, Third Eye Blind? Maybe they were a third... third I don't know. Blind cover to be honest, I was, I, that's what I, that's kind of what I thought. I was also 17 at the time, so I did not know. So anyway, I showed up, and it turned out it, it was kind of a crazy Christian concert. We stayed for Jenny and Tyler. We left. But you know what? It was a really fun night. And so was Weeding Out the Stoned, although it was definitely a different crowd. It was not a Christian concert yeah, at all. Yeah, we should bring it up to present day now. So Weeding Out the Stoned, they had... I, I think they had like 13 or 14 local comedians on stage all but one of them was high so even though everybody pretty much was high they had this mc on stage and he would play games and so the first round he would ask somebody to give an angry monologue just very quick 60 seconds angry monologue about some topic and so each each of the comedians had to then talk about whatever their given topic was it's improv it's improv. Okay. And so he gets to the one guy, and the topic was turtles. And so he just went off on turtles are so slow, and when they cross the road. And, uh, I mean, it's so hard to describe, and now it was two weeks ago, and I just don't have all of the jokes still in me. But it was so funny. So then at the end of the round, after each comedian has had their turn, the audience basically votes. And so you get the option to yell narc, which is like a save. We want that person to stay on the stage. Or you yelled something. I think you just you just yelled and you know hoot and holler the whole thing. If you think that they're high and you want them thrown off, and the goal after you do all these various games is to get it down to the one person who is not high, and so you have to weed out all of the stone people to find the narc. Is the idea? And we got all the way to the end, and there were two people left, and I thought the one guy was not high. I thought he was the sober one, but the audience went the other way. They voted for the woman, and then when they asked her, she, her response was, I'm totally high. And it turned out I was right, the other guy. What tipped you off? Um, I, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't, I didn't know until we got down to about three people. So 
until that point, I was just getting rid of the people that I knew were definitely high. And then in the end, he just, the bigger thing, she had been one that most of the audience from the beginning thought was high. And I did not because she wasn't quite making eye contact with anybody at any point. Mm -hmm. And I was like, she can't make eye, she's like not capable of it. Do you think that these people rehearse some way? Like, I know that this is a show they've done in Philly before, and so I believe a number of them have probably been involved, and so they sort of, like, know know how it's going to work. And some of them are definitely better at pretending to be sober while high than others. There Mm -hmm. are a number of them who can't help but giggle at everything or, you know, just different things. But um, it was a really fun event. And, And my real takeaway was that it was a great way to see a dozen small local comedians and sort of get an idea of who has the kind of humor you might be interested in actually going to a full show. Or, you know, if they're if they're doing something at a at a brewery, some kind of venue, it's somebody you'd be interested in going to their event. So and it's, you know, sort of like speed dating for comedians. Do you know if cool. they alternate who's high? So if you go see it again. Oh, I'm sure. And I think they have it. different people involved every time. So they had, like I said, I think they had 13 or 14 of them. So they might have 14 people again next time, but it may only be seven of the same people. Okay. They have a number of different comedians who cycle through. Ken, I think that you either just went to a comedy show or have one coming up. I actually did uh, my first open mic stand-up at work. What? A couple weeks ago. What? At work? At work. I love it. Um, Tell us more. I started planning it about a week and a half in advance. It was a talent show. We had people week. Like just during lunchtime? It was actually afterwards. There was a couple alcoholic beverages provided for everybody. that makes more sense okay. than it being during your lunch break. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> a lot of people did karaoke. A couple people did, I think somebody did like a dramatic storytelling and I was the only one who tried to do some stand-up. And I'd been talking about it for a while. I know she's been mentioned before on the program, Lisa P. Uh, we both talked about going to... The Lisa P. The, not, the, not any of the imposters. I'm sorry. The Lisa <laughs> P. We've, we've actually discussed going to, I believe, 1984 does an open mic night one night during the week in Wilmington. Uh, we hadn't had an opportunity to do that. However, I took this as my... You know, test, test run. My test run. It did not go well. They say online, your first time when you do stand-up, you bomb, and I had only peers in the crowd, and it was bad. Do you want to try some of your jokes on us now? I don't, after that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, comedy is hard. You've got to get the timing right. When you're the only one up there, there is nobody to fall back on. Even with the podcast, we sort of have each other, and there are times where I sort of get to the end of what I'm thinking, and I have nothing left to say, and I just kind of look at Dara and hope she comes up with something. God, the pressure is on. She does. She always does. That's good to know. That is so refreshing. But but when you're up there by yourself, there, there's no fallback. There's nobody to rely on. I would say one of the biggest problems I had was I was expecting to do it a week and a half before, and I believe I had a military drill or something came up, and I thought I was going to be out that day. I ended up getting out early, and they told me I could still go on. I stopped into work. I was like, okay, I had a half a routine made up. It was a little bit comforting knowing the first half. I got more laughs than the second half that I kind of threw together that day. I should have still prepared it a little bit better, but it... It's the combination of, like, being prepared on the fly, but also, like, being prepared. It was. And I had a guy heckling me that worked there. What? Yeah, it was kind of weird. Hecklers are the worst. Did you... Was there a theme? Or, like, was it was it real jokes? Was it jokes that you had experienced in real life? Or were you just, like... 
Was it workplace comedy? Uh, I tried to avoid that because everybody kind of worked from a different department and I couldn't really think of too many funny things for that anyway. So I kind of based mine on um, like voice based electronics, Xbox, you know, the way you talk to it, that kind of thing. Alexa. Oh, I love Alexa. I ask her the weather every morning before I get out of bed. I mean, at this point, it's so relatable. You know, you have one, you use it for everything. Everybody uses it for everything. Even if you don't have a specific one, everybody knows what Siri is, so it's... If Alexa could take Nutmeg for a walk, God. she'd Nutmeg be Nutmeg doesn't want to go for a walk, though. She wants to sleep on the couch and watch Suits. In case anybody wondered, she's currently sleeping on the couch and staring oh at the TV God. in the hope that I will turn it on for her. Um, what does she think of the new season of The Bachelorette? Um, she likes it. We watched on Tuesday night. Or Monday night, Meredith came over and, you know, Nutmeg pranced around for about the first hour because she was very excited Meredith was here. And then for the second hour, she she did sit on the couch and, and watch quietly. So I'm not sure if that means she just didn't like Garrett because he had the one-on-one date. I don't or, remember who Garrett or, is. Is he the fisherman? Yes. I didn't really like him. I, I don't really like him, but he is going to be around for a he while. He wants a little woman to come give him sons, and then make sandwiches when they all go fishing. And I am not behind that for Becca Kay. For those who are spoiled, know that Dara is not, and she's making this assertion not knowing the outcome of the season or any of the other social media news that has been going on. No. I'm just saying. He's not the worst, though. Lincoln is the worst. No. So many thoughts on that, but we'll, we'll leave that for another time. No. Because he's not gone. Yet. I've only watched the first episode. I have to say that. I was like really into the first episode. You I just so, need to catch up. Yeah, you need to catch up. Well, I'm always here watching every Monday, 8 p.m. Not Meg, too. I think Becca Kay deserves the world. And I just. She does. I think she's great. I think what happened with Ari is so unfortunate. And, you know, what, what's so terrible is I think um, obviously most women are not proposed to on TV and then dumped on TV. For someone else. But I think a number of women are dumped for someone else. Ken, do you have strong feelings on The Bachelorette? For the men listening right now, I do not watch it. I do not know. I'm <laughs> He's Team lost. Becca. I'm He's <laughs> Team Becca K, as are we all. I moved on to the Big Oyster Brewery. <laughs> You're on your second. Ken, Ken's making his way through the beer list. What? So what are the tasting notes for it's this number one? number three. Uh, it's actually really good. I was expecting oyster tasting, and it is not. It is delicious. So, it's an IPA. So what's the name of this? Dang. Beer? Dang. I got to say it like that. And it, oh, exclamation it point. has an exclamation point, yeah. you guys. So it's the Big Oyster Brewery's Dang India Pale Ale. Emily, you look like you need another one. Um, I do not. It's actually getting pretty close to my bedtime. Okay. So, right. and I got to tell you, weird shit happens when I drink too much too close to bed. So while you've been talking about beer, I've been thinking about pizza, which I've heard goes great with beer. Pizza and beer. Classic Friday night dinner. I eat it like any night. True. True. Um, And it reminded me of this weird news item that I saw, which is that um, Domino's is doing this sort of like viral but real campaign in which they're going... um, to various locations around the U.S. and filling in potholes and put it... It's called paving for pizza. And so they'll fill in your potholes and it'll, like, have the Domino's logo for it. And the idea being that they're smoothing the ride home for you. And one of the places where they did it is in Milford. 
So, so I saw that. I think you sent me the link, and Milford is actually one of the featured cities on the pavingforpizza.com homepage. Is Milford a city? Is it a town? You know, I don't know what it's classified as, but Milford High School, I just need to point out, their student newspaper back in the late aughts was the only student newspaper that could even compete with the Blue Streak, so the student true. newspaper of the Charter School of Wilmington, which Dara and I like to think of it as our newspaper because it was. Well, a recent study came out that suggested students who are involved in their high school newspaper become more involved and better citizens later in life. I think that we're a living example of that. Here we are You're being citizens of the community and encouraging others to do the same. Yeah. So support your high school newspaper. Support your high school newspaper. Support your local newspaper. No one is paying us to say this, by the way. No, and support Domino's for filling in the potholes because that is really a public service and we should be appreciative that a private entity is willing to get involved, especially one that works on a national, nay, international scale and is getting involved locally like that. I think it's very impressive. We're starting to run out of time, so we just have a few things we want to share with you guys that are coming up so that you know all of the great events that you can go to in the next couple of weeks before we chat again. So one thing that I have going on this weekend is a paper embroidery quilling workshop at the Palette and the Page, which is actually on Main Street in Elkton, which is not in Delaware, but it's very close. Right. And a number of the artists who are featured at the Palin page are from Delaware and they do, they, they're very active within the, the Newcastle County community. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty excited about that. Of course, we will link all of the info for that class as well as a ton of other workshops that they have going on all summer long. The other big event that I have coming up, and Ken, you'll, I think, really be interested in this. It's an event called Where the Wild Brews Are. And it's actually a partner event between Wilmington Brew Works, which is still yet to set an opening date. They had planned to open last week as a soft opening, but that has not happened yet. They do have power now. So I think any day now we're going to get the announcement they're open. But they are partnering with the Delaware Center for Horticulture. And they're actually doing a lecture slash beer tasting on growing hops and how, you know, sort of like the life of beer from the plant to your table. So that's going to be really fun, and it's a great chance to taste some Wilmington Brew Works beer before they officially open. I think that sounds really cool. The problem is, like, I always think these events sound really cool, and I guess, like, I could go and I could learn about it. I just couldn't taste anything. It's true. But then sometimes when that happens, you get double samples. I do get a lot of double samples. This is This friendship works out. It does. It does. I do appreciate that. Um, but, you know, the meadery, Liquid Alchemy in yes. uh, uh, the Ellesmere area, they do a number of really cool events like this, too. And they do a really awesome short tour because they're right at their facilities where they actually um, produce the mead. And so you can learn a lot. And I think mead is something people don't know a lot about. They may understand winery production, but honey wine is totally different. So if you're... If you're not a beer person, whether that's by choice or it's a health concern, you can head right on over to Liquid Alchemy and get some good some good mead and learn about it as well. Ken, is there anything on your to-do list as a Della dude? I mean, hearing this kind of schedule where the wild brews are, I'm definitely going to be at. Um, every brewery that you go to 
they all have their own ways of doing it, but it's pretty much the same thing. It's actually being really cool to learn about what happens beforehand, you know, like from the bottom up. Right. So, and especially if they're going to give you tastings with it, there's no reason not to be there. I'll send you and Jackie the, uh, the info. Not appreciate See you guys it. there. So I think Jackie wins is like the person that we've mentioned the most in this podcast, like in terms of name dropping. We got, I think Tonight. this is like, yeah, I feel like this episode, we've got like three Jackies and like one Lisa P and maybe one, one Meredith, one Gretchen. Shout out to Gretchen for the microphones. She was our, she's our fan. We just want to catch everyone up in case like you're doing shots when you hear your name. So now you guys are at least on shot number two, <laughs> which is great. Okay, Dee, what do you have coming up? Um, I have some reading that I need to do because... Tell me all about it because that, that hashtag Della reading, the list is long. The list is long. I've made it my way through a couple of the books. I, I think I've actually made... I've done three of the Della reads already, which if you're not caught up, it's Sunburn by Laura Lipman, um, I'll Be Your Blue Sky by Marisa De Los Santos, and Less by Andrew Strong Greer. Um, I think and then I have, hold on, I have one, because I think you have the one we're super excited about, but I have one, I actually went to a book signing this weekend at the Barnes and Noble on Concord Pike for a book called Once Upon a Team, Once Upon a Team, The Epic Rise and Historic Fall of the Wilmington Quick Steps. So a lot of people don't realize that the city of Wilmington actually had a major league baseball team in the 1800s, and it was called the Wilmington Quick Steps. They actually played over in Union Park Gardens. There's, I believe, a monument that you can actually go and see. They have a plaque, the whole thing. And so I went to this um, book signing and heard a little bit about the history, and so that's on my to-read list. But while I was there, I also met a guy who plays vintage baseball. And so the way, I've, the way I've described it is kind of like Civil War reenactments for baseball fans. Yeah. So for people who are really into baseball, they've actually done so much research. There are leagues. So the Diamond State Baseball Club, the Lewis Baseball Club, there are a number of teams and they actually play within the region. So we'll, of course, set up a link to their page and you guys can check them out. But I think we've added to our bucket list for the summer that we want to check out a vintage baseball game. Yes. Yes. Um, so, so Dee, tell me, tell me about this much anticipated book. Much anticipated book. I think that it's like starting to go a little mainstream now because it, it is like national news in a way. So it's called Hope Never Dies and it is by New York Times bestselling author Andrew Schaefer and it is an Obama Biden mystery. So there are two things I want to point out about this. One this is the book we didn't know we needed and we didn't, we don't deserve it, but we're getting it anyway. And I am thrilled. And two, the website currently has it listed as the first in a series. There is a tentative book number two scheduled and I am thrilled. I, I know. You, so is it going to be the first of an Obama Biden mystery? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's not like he's going to switch presidents. I don't think that's going to be the Biden boys, but I could be wrong. I don't think so for a couple of reasons. I just don't think it would be as well received because it's true. Not there's, every president and vice president pairing has a great romance. There's some chemistry here. So I love I love like the cover of the book. There's some great sort of like um, pulpy illustration involving like a getaway car and a chase. And I'm just going to give you a little tease of what's on the back. America needs a hero. We've got two of them. 
It's been several months since the 2016 presidential election, and Uncle Joe Biden is puttering around his house, grouting the tile in his master bedroom, feeling lost and adrift in an America that doesn't make sense anymore. But when his favorite Amtrak conductor dies in a suspicious accident, Joe feels a familiar desire to serve, and he leaps into the role of amateur sleuth with a little help from his old friend, President Barack Obama, codename Renegade. Together, they'll plumb the darkest depths of Delaware, traveling from cheap motels to biker bars and beyond, as they uncover the sinister forces advancing America's opioid epidemic. So we tweeted about this from the Delaware Darling podcast account, and Andrew, Sean, Andrew Schaefer tweeted back at us, and that's how we... And his publishing house was nice enough to send us some advanced copies so we could read them and review them for all of you. And he teased us a little bit about um, how he, his research process for Delaware, that he spent like a year just researching what it's like to live in Delaware, which sounds like a great way to spend a year. It does. I think he's going to have some great hot spots that we're all familiar with throughout the state. I think, you know, the bromance aspect is going to be great. I can't wait to see the Nancy Drew, Hardy Boy type situations they get themselves into. And and I'm 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 very excited. You know, this has been touted as the first known published fan fiction of the bromance. And I'm here for it. Well, once we we won't reveal, like we won't spoil it for you. But if you're going to read it this summer, check in with us. Join our book club, happy to discuss, and we think we should have a review of it on our next podcast, which will be just in time for July 4th. Post-July 4th. Post-July 4th. Well, we'll be reading it over the July 4th. We'll be reading it over July 4th. We're hoping to put out our next episode on July 10th, which coincidentally is the day that Hope Never Dies by Andrew Schaefer actually goes on sale to the public. Perfect. So I think this is actually probably the best way to end this podcast is to tease everyone what we will be doing for July 4th. So I'm actually leaving the great state. I'll be heading down to Williamsburg, Virginia to spend some time with my family. And I also have a project site in Newport News on the James River. So I may be running over to my project site while I'm down there. I'm not 100% certain what I'm doing for July 4th, even though I just asked this question. Um, but a favorite activity, I've, I've been away from Delaware the past two July 4th, so it's, it would be nice to be back. Um, the Hocassin Parade is always Fan a favorite. great one. There's a picture of me, there's a small child on my father's shoulders, so I know that I attended it both as a child and as an adult. Um, and then also, uh, my family recently got a membership to Hagley, and Hagley does this special fireworks display for members only, and we've never gone, so I would love it if... This were the year that we got. Hagley puts on a beautiful fireworks show. Ken, how about you? What's on your 4th of July docket? I'm going to go to uh, Atlantic City. Hard Rock Hotel is opening there. I'm going to see Howie Mandel on July 3rd. But I will not miss July 4th in Battery Park. Fireworks. Never miss it. So that's Ken's pick for fireworks. I think I have done Newark, where you go to the football field at University of Delaware. Mm-hmm. I have done Hocasset a number of times, um, and then the riverfront. The riverfront has fireworks, and yeah, I got you know Battery Park. I, I think is probably probably the place to go. Yeah, I never miss it. So, well, to all of you, happy Fourth of July, and we can't wait to talk to you next time. 
Thanks for listening to the Della Darling podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at Della Darling Pod on Instagram and Twitter and the Della Darling on Facebook.